0: Hello and welcome to the Deserve podcast, the podcast where you can learn how to keep Uncle Sam out of your retirement plan. Oh, I like that one. Good open. (laughs) Good open. I'm Pat Charles (laughs) Avenel, managing editor of Deserve magazine and across the table at the other mic is CEO and founder of Retirement Architecture. And webinar host of RothWebinar.com, Brett Sasso.
1: Yeah, love the webinars. We're having a great time with that. Uh, we did a little workshop last night, and I was hoping it would be a little intimate gathering, not hundreds of people. And it was a good, good meeting. We talked about some interesting stuff. We talked about sequence of returns. That's right. uh, a lot of the things that we aren't able to do in the big webinar, you know, the one we open for the public on Wednesday, so we do a little bit more in these little workshops. And uh, as long as people keep coming and are interested, uh, I'm going to keep doing it. Cause I, I think we're absolutely, we're, we're, we're identifying an itch and we're helping scratch it right now. And there's a lot of that going on with the baby boomers. So, uh, you know, we're, we are going to start today, Pat, right. With our our kind of our market wrap with, with Clint. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I love that too. Love, boy, we're getting fancy on the boards here. We got sound effects. This is awesome. So we're going to do a little market wrap and we'll start off the podcast today with that. Uh, so joining us, uh, by telephone into the studio here is Clint Sorensen. Clint is, uh, he's our new, uh, hero in this place, because we, we get often asked questions that are above our financial pay grade here. You know, we're not financial advisors. We don't give financial advice on this podcast. We are basically, uh, we create conversation. You know, we're, we're helping people find interest in planning for retirement and then opening up all types of avenues to explore once that becomes a topic of interest. Instead of just set it, forget it. You know, this is more of you can control it. So, uh, Clint, thanks for coming on the program today.
2: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: So a couple of things, I get a lot of questions and I thought we'd start a little bit with that. And then out of any of these questions, feel free to just segue into your normal good, bad, ugly, right, of what's going on. And and some of this stuff is contemporary, you know, what's happening in the world today. And there's a lot going on in the world today, but I've been getting a lot of questions on inflation, right? So. You know, people are saying, "Hey, I heard we're going to get a big raise on Social Security." I said, "Yeah, that's not such a good thing." <laughs> you know, so what what kind of thoughts do you have on what's going on with inflation, and and is this something we should all be putting on our on our immediate radar for uh, radar for planning?
2: Yeah, you know, it's uh, it, it always should be on the radar for planning. To answer that question first, but yeah, inflation—you got to kind of break it up into two different types of inflation. So. It's funny, the Federal Reserve is saying, oh, inflation is transitory, right? Well, that, le- that language is pretty elastic, right? At the end of the day, everything's transitory. So uh, they're right on one hand, but uh, what they're not saying is that it's going to be persistently above average, at least for the time being. Um, and so when you're thinking about cyclical inflation, so shorter-term inflation, think about that over the course of a business cycle, so two to eight years, right? That inflation is now above average. It's moderating. So we've probably seen the peak rate of change, maybe, right? Uh, and we probably saw that uh, last quarter as we saw the peak rate of change of growth, so the peak acceleration of growth and the peak acceleration in inflation were probably in the second quarter of last year as we came out of uh, COVID into a recovery and then quick expansion. Now we're moderating. So we just got that data this this week, right? we got got uh, inflation rate year over year, is down to 5.3% uh, you know year over year growth
0: mm-hmm. from
2: 5.4%. So we saw a tick down. I think that continues, but I do think it continues on a tick-by-tick basis, not something profound. So you're gonna have stubbornly persistent above average inflation, but the rate of change direction is downward. Now, long-term inflation is what you gotta think about as well, which is secular inflation. And to put on my economics hat for a second, that you know, that's reliant upon more than just money print, right? You also need money velocity. So it's not enough to have money supply increasing, which money supply, from a fact perspective, is actually increasing at a slower rate now. So it's it's declining as well from a a direction of the rate of change. So it's going 100 miles an hour. It's going 50 now. But you also need money velocity. The number of times money changes hands. You need those two things to get high inflation. And so right now, both of those trends are pretty negative. Uh, according to the marginal uh, rate of, uh, uh, of marginal, marginal product as a result of debt issuance, uh, if you look at that, it's t- for every dollar of debt we create, we get about 0.4 or 40 cents of production. Mm. So that number is going down as well. So we've got some pretty nasty headwinds for that kind of combat long-term inflation. Short-term, absolutely persistently above average, but long-term deflation is still the name of the game.
1: So the scare now, you know, we've got the government coming out saying, hey, Social Security is probably going to get chopped because it's going to be insolvent. And all all of these things are kind of going against the saver right now because the saver can't put their money in a bank and get a decent interest rate and know that that money's protected. And quite honestly, if if we even land in this three to five percent on a long term inflation holding, you know, that type of growth, well, we're not getting that on our money. So if we're just putting money in a CD or, you know, it's it if it's in a taxable vehicle flat at three percent, we're losing money. Is that not the way to look at it?
2: Yeah, this could actually be one of the worst times to ever see, if we had, which, again, this is not our forecast, the math just says that that's not right now, based on today's information, long-term invasion, uh, inflation is less likely than longer-term deflation. But if we were to get long-term inflation, now would be the absolute worst time in the history of, wor- of the world to have inflation. Wow. Why do I say that? Because the Fed, through money printing, Right, through in global central banks doing this as well, what they did is they first punished savers by lowering interest rates and putting essentially a ceiling on interest rates, right? So lower them to zero, uh, you know, ZERP, if you remember that zero interest rate policy, lower interest rates to zero, so savers get paid nothing. They have a negative yield after inflation, right? Even after low you know, fifteen year historical inflation of two point three percent, you've gotten a negative return. Well, that forced investors into bonds. What did the Fed do? They started buying up all the bonds. They become the largest treasury uh, bond buyer, the largest investment-grade corporate bond buyer, the largest uh, mortgage-backed security bond. <laughs> so they then forced those investors out on the risk spectrum, so they start buying high-yield bonds. Well, what happens? The Fed comes in and starts buying those in the middle of COVID. And so it forces them into equities. And now the S&P 500, if you bought and held it, is priced to yield negative 6% per year on average over the next 12 years, according to the market cap divided by GBA uh, measure valuation. Now, that's that's absurd. That That means that the Fed's policies have created an environment where if you get any amount of inflation, any amount of inflation, you're facing negative returns even out into equities. Wow. Even out into stocks.
1: So so, think about that. So, Clint, here's the here's the, the, the dilemma for people, right? So, it, it, you know, my generation, right, the baby boomers, have always been told that when inflation starts to show its ugly head, that you run into gold. But what gold is not doing so well. Gold looks like it's backed off. I looked at the charts this morning. It looks like gold is backed off to last August prices. What what's going on? Why why are we getting opposites going on here? What what in the world? How does a baby boomer make fundamental logic out of any of this?
2: Yeah, because you know that's actually one of those common misnomers in the world of investments. People just want to think of absolutes. They say, hey, in inflation, you run to gold. That's not true. In stagflation, you run to gold. Stagflation is where you have growth decelerating, inflation accelerating, right? Mm-hmm. That's stagflation. That's when gold does well. Gold so that was the 70s, bonds. right?
1: Clint, That's uh, stagflation yeah. was the big Carter problem, but, right? Stagflation?
2: That's exactly right. We moved off the gold standard, right? That was the during that time period is really from sixty-two to eighty-two. We are in a you know back and forth in a stagflationary environment, but the general trend was inflationary and, and growth was swelling. Is that and a risk we started from the really high valuations? Yeah, absolutely. Is that a risk
1: to the baby boomer today? That I got twenty years to my retirement big, big stagfl- It is a big risk. Whoa.
2: Yeah, because what happens if you get uh, a major infrastructure uh, spending. We continue to spend money on infrastructure, and one of these days we get it right. One of these days it goes right into the real economy, and money starts changing and all of a sudden you get money velocity. So you're increasing money supply and you get uh, higher money velocity. Next thing you know, you do have secular higher inflation rates. And if that happens at the, at the time where you're looking at valuations in the equity market this high, valuations in the bond market this high, so negative yields almost across the board, we're in we're in a world of, uh, of hurt potentially. Is, because gold, the only
0: con- is gold a safe haven anymore?
1: Well, it's, it's, gold, it's, it's yeah. a, this gold is why you have to stay in the know because right now, if you bought gold, Pat, if you bought gold this past September, right? September 1st and looked at it today, you lost money. Well, that goes against everything that people are being told right now. Is like every commercial on TV depends on you know who your favorite old celebrity is, is telling you to buy
0: gold coins. Yeah, gold mining stocks are going <laughs> in the same direction as the, as the Dow. It's and and, the and down, meanwhile, are
1: down. you know, Clint, I have to tell you, the people that we, we deal with in large part here, they're not uber rich, right? We're not dealing with the people that are, you know, got Jeff Bezos problems here, right? What we're dealing with is the person who's got a million, two million dollars And they're just trying to figure it out. They don't want to lose their money. They're afraid of investing. They're afraid of the stock market right now. And when they ask me, you know, and again, I say I'm not an economist and I'm not a fiduciary. I do not manage people's monies. And they ask me for something. I said, to be honest, I think the best way to fight inflation right now is don't lose your money and just try to stay ahead of it. If you've got enough money, if you can make it to the finish line the way to win this game is to just try to stay ahead of it and not go for the riches if you don't need it, right? Doesn't that make sense?
2: Yeah, I mean, right now it's the time for managing risk. And that involves, right, what does Warren Buffett define risk is? Right, not losing money. Right. Number, you know, rule number one, don't lose money. Rule number two, don't forget the first rule. So yeah. absolutely, I think right now when you have high valuations, you have a Fed that's lifted their balance sheet from 800 billion to $8 trillion. We've, we've come, we're coming on the back of historically low inflation rates, right? And we have to continue, as I mentioned earlier, that marginal product is additional debt. We have to continue to, to print money at record amounts to get any kind of productivity out of it. We are playing fire. And so you have to manage risk in that environment. We just don't know what the outcomes will be. And that's why I get bothered when people say, Oh, let's go buy gold. No, gold works when there's, when growth is slowing, when growth is slowing. Gold historically has worked, mm. and it, it's not necessarily about inflation. So it just happened that when we entered a uh, you know a, a period of time where growth was slowing and inflation was rising, i.e., periods during the 70s, gold was a great uh, you know hedge during that stagflationary period. But think about last year in the midst of COVID, we had a major deflationary shock to the system where growth and inflation tumbled, and gold did well. Gold did well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gold, gold does well in. Picked up $900
1: an ounce or something right in that in that window. It really did really, really well. Now, here's the other thing that comes up when the conversation of gold starts to happen. The next question is, what about Bitcoin? People are finding Bitcoin irresistible because, you know, it's that FOMO thing. Again, people are afraid. Oh, my gosh. My friend bought Bitcoin and now they have so much money. Bitcoin looks like it's about forty seven thousand right now. It looked like it hit a top up in the upper 50s, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I don't know, did it ever hit 60000 I don't. I don't follow yeah, it because it, I, I, it, it did, like right? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. this is probably the most volatile asset anybody could be playing with. Does a baby boomer, should a baby boomer been playing with Bitcoin with their, you know, with their holdings that they have now?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, that question is always answered with position sizing, right? It's all about your position size, right? If you have 1% in Bitcoin, you have zero risk of ruin. That is not going to impair your financial situation to put 1% of your liquid portfolio in Bitcoin. Now, that's the position size answer. Now, that's, my like, opinion, that's like
1: going into the casino and playing the penny slots, though, right? That's like, okay, I, I've got a couple pennies here. Let me stop at this slot machine, and I'll throw it in. It's not going to create
0: the riches. Penny slots. <laughs> they don't have pennies? They
1: still have penny slots. They're the most profitable things in the casino, the little tiny slots, because it's that but, mentality, right? But uh, But
2: let's talk about Bitcoin. Let's talk about Bitcoin for a second. So Bitcoin, I'm not going to talk about all crypto. but Let's talk about Bitcoin for a second because I think it does relate to gold. People are now, so Bitcoin is like any other commodity. It's like corn, soybeans, whatever. There's supply and demand. Demand is measured by the network. The network's growing at over 100% per year. Supply is capped at 2% per year. That's its growth rate. So you have supply and demand in balance. Now, why would somebody want this commodity? Because I look at it as a commodity. Why would somebody want this commodity? Well, right now we're seeing that people want it for a store of value. You actually have companies putting their treasury, cash in their treasury, borrowing money to put it in this asset oh because they are speaking out against the Fed. They it's decentralized money. So it's or decentralized gold, right? And they consider it a pinnacle asset. And the reason they consider it that way is because they buy it. They think of it as a store of value. That's the reason they buy it. They love the supply and demand economics. They consider it a, a, a commodity. They understand that no, you know, you're not going to, it's not like a building you buy in New York. If all of a sudden New York decides to lift the property taxes and it hammers, you can't pick up that building and move it to right, sell the building. This is an asset that you can pick it up, move it to a wallet, move it to an exchange, liquidate it for other currencies. So it provides a lot of flexibility for people that are looking for a store of value in an environment where the Fed and governments globally are printing money at record amounts. So it's, they're looking at this as that store of value hedge. So that's the asymmetry of the plan. It's not necessarily the, they're betting on some extreme event that's going to make them rich they're just trying to protect their money this is institutions doing this so it goes back to your process right it goes back to what you mentioned uh when you're considering this inflation and all this stuff that's going on shouldn't you recenter back on protecting your money right shouldn't you get back to risk management that's the reason bitcoin's rallies because people are looking at it people being institutions primarily are looking at it as a store of value Now, people who are speculating in this you are at a casino. It's a volatile asset, ton of speculation. I wouldn't recommend speculating in anything. Uh, but no, people are do not,
1: not not if you're a baby boomer. I mean, this is good for young people that have a stomach, can lose money, make it back. But if you're a baby boomer and you're 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 looking at that that mountain of money that you've created the last couple of years, I think it's more about efficiency. I think it's more about strategy, a process, as you've said before in our in our. Uh, conversations. And and I think that's the trouble is that there's so much right now for people to look at. And, you know, I just told a gentleman a little while ago on a call that I, I stepped in on and I said, basically, you know, I believe in AI. And he goes, what do you mean, Brad? I said, well, I got a guy in the other room that drives the computer when I talk to you. I just want to talk to the smart guy in the other room and the computer does everything that it needs to do. That's how I think I'd want to be as a, as a retiree investing. I want to have AI. I want to be able to talk to some t- people who I really know have a wide berth of knowledge, not these, you know, I keep saying these robots that answer the phone at Fidelity and these other places, because they just have a limited ability to, to share with you. Well, so, so what's the rest of the wrap up? What would you say? Cause I know you're, you're busy, Clinton. I promised I wouldn't absorb you for a, a half hour. What's the, what's the rest no, of the I wrap love up these for conversations. Our, Well, Thank you. I appreciate it. And we try to keep it interesting, but again, we're getting these questions all of the time. And, I don't know. I, I think in another couple months, I'll probably have one of the, the sharpest fingers as far as putting it on the pulse of this of this retiree market, because I'm hearing all these different opinions from people at different ele- elevated numbers of investments. Right. From, hey, Brad, I got to save this 250 grand. It's all I have outside of Social Security. And what if they cut that back? Yeah, that's a real problem. We got to really think about what you're doing there. And then the, the federal uh, employee that I just talked to, it's about efficiency, how to get out of that that 401k because his pensions are so good. So, you know, the Roth converse, the Roth conversion conversation, you know, and I will ask you your opinion on this. So here's, here's one of the, the, the things that I am finding is a, is a struggle in what we're doing with this Roth conversion conversation. Number one, when someone goes to their investment house, whoever is in control of their money currently, And says to that person, I want to move my money over here to this safe place because I want to do a Roth conversion. And the advisor says to that person, that's why I call this perspective, right? This is a perspective. He says to the person, well, wait, why would you want to give that money to the government when I can invest that money for you and make more with it? And, you know, it kind of puts me on my heels saying, wait a minute, that whole conversation has two problems. Number one, it's tax money you owe. And number two, it. what if it goes the other way? <laughs> what if that guy can't turn that money into a growth and turns it into a red number instead of a black number? Why is the conversation always about growth? So when, when we talk about Roth conversions, and Brian Nicolais, and I, I was going to ask him to come in, but he's buried right now. He's got so many clients he's helping. He said, you know, Brad, when it comes to that conversation, it's stupid. He goes, why would any investment advisor talk about investing money that's not even a person's money? That's money. That's government money. That's taxes. That's the taxes they owe. So what what are your thoughts? How can you, uh, can you add to that, that frustration in that conversation, Clint? Can you give us some clarity?
2: Yeah. I mean, the clarity is unfortunately we're still, like I talked about decentralized money, right? Or decentralized goal of Bitcoin. We're still at a time where financial institutions are still very much centralized. And I think as they become more decentralized, meaning more, entrepreneurs come out of this area where they are acting as agents right think about like a sports agent right where a sports agent they represent that athlete and their job is to find the best deal for that athlete i think decentralized wealth management independent financial advisors will be able to sit on the same side of the the table as the client represent that client to the world of opportunity and they're not going to say things like that because their incentives are to are to solve complexity and solve problems and do the best thing for the client to drive the maximum positive impact. Because it's, it's the not whole them picture, working for a firm, right? right. It's the exactly. whole. It's the whole
1: financial picture, not the. I'm going to get more growth. I'm going to get more growth. But that that conversation.
2: That's the only story they can sell. That's yeah, that's but totally it also sure, appeals to. to sell,
1: right? It appeals to what people want to hear. People want to hear growth. They listen. Yep. We've had 12 years of growth. How the guy that goes into conversational growth is going to beat the guy that has a, a, a you know a, a conversation about taxes. That's where I think the problems lie here. So, man, there's a lot. I, th- I think we, we've got a tiger by the tail here. I think that we all have the sense that things are not going the way that we we would want them to go. I mean, who wouldn't want to be walking into what happened in the early you know uh, parts of the Trump administration? In- inflation was a point in change, right? There was no talk of this stuff. Gas prices were low. And I've still got my big Yukon that I drive once in a while. It's kind of like my uh, my pickup truck these days. But holy cow, when I go to put gas in that thing now, it's maxing out the number on the gas pump, right? It hits that 75 bucks and I haven't got a full tank of gas yet. So, you know, I, I think that we've really got to start focusing more. I think the baby boomer needs to sharpen up and, and not let what was be what will be. I think we've got to be really, really in tune with our money. I love this this boutique type of conversation and, and employing imploring someone into your, your financial house, at least on your safe money and hopefully on your entire portfolio. And, uh, I'm looking forward to the guidance. I know I'm be, I've been getting really good feedback, you know, from, from some of the conversations, Clint, that you've been having with our guys. And I, I really think this is a great, great direction for us to go. Um, what's the, what would be the recommendation for the boomer today? Looking at this volatile week that we just had, are we, uh, are we on the sawtooth on our way down? Are we sitting on a ledge? Are we going back up and higher? This is the problem that everybody's having right now. They just, they don't know. They don't know where they are.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's hard to predict that. I'll tell you, I always use trends, right? So the market, if you look at just the S&P 500, it's still trending higher, but we are. So, you know, obviously there's no reason to run and sell everything is onto the mattress, but you have to they focus on risk management and that's because valuations are so high Yeah, and valuations are this high, we're susceptible to shocks and we're seeing shocks globally. If you look at what's going on in China, China tech names have been cut in half, mm. in half all of a sudden, guess what else? They have a major developer Evergrande that is right now, the market is saying is going to have a Lehman type of disorderly restructure. Ooh. Ooh. Now think about the ramifications of that, on the leverage, right? Because think about, I mean, it's a very leveraged business. So you start to think about the ramifications and banks and suppliers and the hedge funds and ex- just all the exposure, the tentacle spread vast. And so when you start to look at this and you're saying, oh, that's a shock in China. It's isolated from the US. No, it no is not. We are a go- very global economy and these risks are real. And you're facing an environment where, yes, the trend is still higher in the S&P. And we can enjoy that while it lasts but we are very susceptible to shocks. And so we have to, a baby boomer should be focused first and foremost on managing the risk of the portfolio. It is not going to be easy or as easy as it has been in the last 10 years. Again, with the Fed's balance sheet going from 800 billion to 8 trillion, not going to be as easy as during that period where you have the rising tide list in all boats. Mm. It's not going to be that easy going forward. And so yeah. going forward, it's going to require planning process and persistence. And frankly, you mentioned it earlier on the emotional side, Get it out of your hands. Get, I even do this personally. I invest in automated strategies so that my emotions don't get in the way. I want to allocate to managers and people who are going to keep me from making emotional decisions. I think that's, yeah. uh, that's critical.
1: Yeah. We, we could be our own worst enemies, especially after such a long greed, rewarding type of uh, market environment where our greed is just constantly being rewarded and, boy, that can go the other way really, really fast. Markets drop faster than they go up. The tide goes out faster than it comes in. You can use any cliche you want, but right now. There's a
2: uh, window down.
1: There you go. There you go. Well, Clint, I want to thank you for coming on and, and shedding some light on some of these, you know, these burning questions that are, are part of just about any conversation we have when we're talking to the boomers and trying to give them a, a little help in getting their their house in order to have these conversations with you and, and people like you that can help people get a a process in place of uh, just fear and and, uh, ignorance of risk, right? We can't be ignorant of risk. So I want to thank you for for giving us a little extra time here today. I really appreciate it, Clint. Thank you. All right, Pat, Charles. So I guess it it just keeps solidifying the fact that boomers got to wake up. They just can't stay asleep at the switch. Perspective is kind of that whole conversation is how do we – how do we keep perspective in place? How do we get people to understand that, you know, uh, you can't look at gold and Bitcoin? And, you know, personally, I, 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 you know how I am with the cryptos. I keep saying governments have only two things that keep them in place, military and monetary, right? If you lose mm-hmm. either one of those and, and, and you don't have something. So we, we've got to be careful. Yeah. But I do like this idea of starting to, uh, for us anyway, as a company, starting to talk a little bit more about the other side. We've only dealt with safe money for years now. And what I'm finding is that there's a, bigger, there's a bigger need out there for exactly what Clint's talking about.
0: I, I totally agree. I think boomers should be taking chips off the table. But it gets me thinking a little bit about myself, though. I'm not a boomer. I'm a Generation Xer. Do I have time? To kind of play in these markets. Well, you,
1: let's face it, you're not far out of the boomers. I mean, you, you're you're not like you're you're not like the D- don't the, bring in. Looks saying, to come on, this dude, you're not that far away from a don't boomer. Don't bring in looks. <laughs> don't talk be, about age now. You might be
0: four feet across the table from
1: one, but <laughs> you're not that age. far from the boomer. But, but you're, they, right. They're, they're you're right. There are
0: Generation right. Xers that have an appetite for yeah. risk and growth. Well, the problem is, so uh, we're right had, behind us.
1: We just had a gal. You know, she's she's frustrated. She's still working. I think she's fifty-four years old. And her her want is, I believe everything you guys talk about. I want to pay the government tax. Can't pull te-. the trigger. She can't touch it. Yeah. So she's got oh, the ability to contribute it. into her. She's not old enough to retire. Right. She's scared to death of what could happen in the future, right? And she's saying... I want all my money in a Roth. Why can't I get out of it? Her employer won't let her. Mm. Her employer said, no, you you have a 401k that is a Roth. You can contribute she to can that. She can
0: convert though, right? She's
1: still got a ton. No, mm. she's not old enough and they won't allow it. It's oh. still inside their house. So, you know, this is part of what the conversation has to be. We've definitely hit a chord with this Roth conversion conversation. Uh, I'm doing five a day, you know, I'm, I'm jumping in on five meetings a day.
0: I know we can't get time with you at all to talk no. about marketing. And-, no, and
1: it's a, it's a shame because I, I, I'm so, I'm so interested in all these conversations, but we got a company to run at the same time, but let's face it. What good is a message if you can't deliver on, on the message? And you know, our, our guys are banging out beautiful Roth conversions, just sat in on one. Again, I don't stay in the entire meetings that the advisors are doing, but I'm interested to see what we're what we've started and how it's being executed. And we're gonna move a lot of money. I'm I'm saying that this program between our webinar, TV commercial, our webinar, and these podcasts, I'm gonna say that we're gonna be up into the 30, 40, 50, $100 dollars of money converted. And I'm gonna say that's gonna be done quarterly by our network. That's how much impact we're having on this. So if you believe that we're in a position where taxes will be going up, if you've got enough money to live on and you're concerned about risk, if you haven't asked for a Roth conversion calculator, please do it. It's, it's You can go to rothwebinar.com and you can get a free Roth conversion analysis. And it is absolutely an eye opening educational experience. And it doesn't come with a quid pro quo. Yeah.
0: And if you're listening to this, you know, tell your tell your family members, tell your friends, subscribe just, because that's well, how just go, I to my income. <laughs> go to the webinar. Go to the webinar. This this next one is coming up on Wednesday. And just attend and listen and learn. There's no cost. To learn
1: and it's so easy to forward a link to a podcast. you know these are great conversations send, share with your co-workers, your family anybody but in, keep it with the baby boomers even though you know I know Pat's saying we got to get this to the to the next generation too but right now for the baby boomers this could be crisis type material if we don't get it addressed. So share the link to the podcast, send it out to a friend say hey check this out um and please if you if you enjoy it, subscribe. Uh, the subscriptions, you know how the advertising world works. We, you know, we can earn money in, in both our magazine distribution and our podcast distribution. So if you like our message and what we're committed to, that's how you could help us out, folks. So you just subscribe. It's a click. And, and that does help us out. Um, so anyhow, I think we covered some pretty yeah, cool no, I stuff today. I did. think... Uh, you know, one of the things I think everybody should be watching is China. I think we've spent so many years focusing on Russia. I think our focus is way off the mark. I think we've got to start watching what's going on with China. We, we've got a, uh, if we're in a chess game with China right now, they've got a ring around us. They've got a ring around us on the table. A checkmate is any move they want, they can take us and do what they want. So you know, watch, watch who you're voting for folks and start getting a, a little bit more connected with things. Cause we've got a lot of problems for our future if we don't get it in check. So on behalf of everyone here at uh, retirement architecture and Pat Charles, Anthony, I on the, on the board with this cool. So give me one more sound effect, Ant. come on, give me a, give me a whistle for Clint one more time.
0: There we go. <laughs>
1: Love it. All right. I'm Brett Sasso. Thanks for listening today and uh, tune in again next week for another episode of deserve. Have a great weekend, everybody. Cool.
0: Hey, this is Pat Charles-Ivanella, Managing Editor of Deserve Magazine. Thanks again for listening, and make sure you subscribe to Deserve Podcast and go visit DeserveMagazine.com.